likes him, good guy. <laughs> You're a great man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Hi, welcome to our podcast, Round Here. Uh, we will be discussing different spooky things from around this area in which we live in. The Brazoria County area of Texas. My name is Brandy. I'm the mom. I'm Lily. I'm the youngest, cutest one. I'm Elora. I'm the eldest one. Oh, what are we talking about? <laughs> Okay, we are talking about... Well, wait, first of all, we have to make an announcement, because today we are doing a, an, the episode today, Just Me and Mommy. Yeah, Alora is, um, she's camping, so she's on a little retreat, so with her permission, we are recording, just the two of us. I meant to have Speech in here so she could represent Alora. Hold on, let me go get her. Got her. Oh, she's pouring. All right. Today we are talking about Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Yeah. So before the song, uh, Charlie Brown, he's a clown. That Charlie Brown, he's gonna get caught. Don't you wait and see. Before that, and before the character of Charlie Brown, the Peanuts character, there was a man named Charlie Brown. Who lived here in Brazoria County. Ooh. He was an enslaved black man. And it was, he was believed to have been born in Virginia in the late 1820s. But nobody knows for certain. Um, there are varying accounts on when he was freed. But his four times great-granddaughter, Stephanie Brown, believes he was enslaved until the general... Order number three was issued by Union Major General Gordon Granger in Galveston on June 19th, 1865, which was two and a half years after the Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Abraham Lincoln. Now, do you know what the Emancipation Proclamation was? No. It was the thing that Abraham Lincoln um, put into effect and signed that said that all enslaved people should be freed and treated as equals. Mm. That order didn't come like to Texas or to a lot of the, not order, but that law, like a lot of southern countries didn't really recognize it. They were just sort of like, you know, because the South was very much still wanting to hold on to their enslaved people as much as they could, you know, for as long as they could. Mm. But Major General Gordon Granger made this this general order number three, and I'm going to have you read that. In June 19th, 1865, is what is known as Juneteenth, which is where a, a lot of people, a lot of black people actually consider their 4th of July, mm -hmm. or their equivalent, their Independence Day. That's why Juneteenth is a big deal. It's not just a, oh, it's just a celebration, which, honestly, I didn't understand or realize until writing this, the notes on this story. <clears throat> Important orders by General Granger. The slaves all free. Headquarters, District of Texas, Galveston, Texas, June 19th, 1865. General order number three. 
The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of pro property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere by command of Major General Granger. It's, it's good, but also they're saying, we won't help you, so just stay. Just stay where you are. Stay with your abusers and your tormentors, and they'll pay you, wink, wink, will supposedly pay you to work for work that they were making you do for free before. So, I mean, yes, it's a proclamation of black people should be treated as equal, but it's not really giving people the opportunity to be treated as equal because they're saying, yeah, you're free, stay put. Mm -hmm. You know, stay, you're not gonna, you don't have any, we're not giving you anything else. We're not helping you in any other way. So stay put and stay with these people who have been treating you like crap. So, I mean, that kind of, that little addendum at the end kind of irritated me. Anyway, Charlie Brown was said to have a good relationship with the Dance Brothers who owned the Cedar Break Plantation in Brazoria County. Um, the Dance Brothers were four brothers who owned a 450-acre plantation in East Columbia, Texas, in Brazoria County on the Brazos River. Um, Charlie was illiterate, but good with numbers and very intelligent. He purchased a 900-acre parcel of land from the Dance Brothers. Um, nobody's sure where he got the money for that. And also, if they... If their plantation was only 450 acres, how did he get 900 acres from them? Mm -hmm. So maybe it was like, maybe the plantation they owned was 450 acres, but the land that they sold him was 900. Well, the land that they sold him, nobody thought was any good. So it could have been 900 acres of land that they didn't want anymore because they couldn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, he married Isabel, who is a former enslaved woman on the Dance family property, and she was possibly one of the daughters, or a daughter of one of the Dance brothers. The parcel of land Charlie bought was thought to be useless, but he was quoted as saying, I'm not looking at the land, I'm looking at the trees. Mm. He bought the land, which was covered in cedar. He harvested the lumber and shipped it on barges down the Brazos River to furniture man manufacturers. So it's like everybody else saw it. It was just a bunch of trees, but he saw it for what it could be. And that, like selling it to furniture manufacturers and stuff, that started his, his industry. Jackie Jones, history department chair at the University of Texas at Austin, says... And then I have another screenshot for you to read. I think this is going to go by really fast because apparently all I'm going to do is just read stuff. It's incredibly unusual and there couldn't have been 
more than a handful of people that did that. Okay. Um, bought land and like a handful of black people who bought land and mm-hmm. made a business. I don't know who, the, who said that though. The Jackie Jones, history department chair oh. at the University of Texas at Austin says it's incredibly unusual and it couldn't have been more than a handful of people that did that. Okay, I get <laughs> I forgot what you said before and then when I started reading. Once free, most slaves wanted to cultivate their own land, own land, but found it nearly impossible without cash, land, or credit. When former slaves were granted their freedom, virtually none owned and virtually virtually none owned land, and most owned very little other than the, other than the shirts on their backs. Jones said. Most were forced to work for white landowners, often under harsh conditions for little money. Landowners paid in promises rather than cash, and at the end of the year, black sharecroppers usually found themselves deeper in debt, Jones said. See, that's what I meant about the proclamation before. It's like people are like, yes, they put, you know, work for the people who have been treating you like crap before, because, yeah. There's another one that goes along with it. Would you like me to read that, or do you want to read that? No, man. That really condemned many black men and women to continued dependence on white on whites for their livelihood, she said. Even those former slaves who obtained the necessary cash found that white landowners refused to sell. Whites did not want to grant blacks economic independence, she said. Black families often made he- heroic Heroic? Mm-hmm. Heroic efforts to pull themselves from poverty, but found it impossible. Jones said of Brown, his story hinges on his ability to buy land. Yeah. Because if he had been able to buy the land from the Dance Brothers, then, you know, he would have been in the same situation as every other freed person. Okay, Mr. Brown over the years went on to purchase a sugar mill, a sawmill, and a grist mill, which is basically a flour mill or a or like a meal mill, meal mill. By 1910, Charlie and Isabel Brown owned 3,000 acres of land wow. in the Cedar Bayou. Is this treat? <laughs> Area? Treat? <laughs> in the Cedar Brown, Brown. No, gosh. In the Cedar Bayou area. Treat? <laughs> my, but I'm like, what did I spell there? Bayou. I think that's Bayou. Okay, sorry. Treat? (laughs) (laughs) In the Cedar Bayou area and about 200 acres throughout the West Columbia area. Um, uh, Treat? (laughs) (laughs) Charlie Brown is also thought to be the first person to put together a Juneteenth celebration in West Columbia. Cool. Um... He was a generous man and donated land for two schools for black students. One of these schools was named after him. 
So it was the Charlie Brown Intermediate School in West Columbia, I believe. He also donated land for two churches that are still in use. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing for you to read. According to a, a, a according to a Houston Chronicle article, the do, the donations were especially important for African American students, as Texas at the time refused to fund black schools, requiring 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 oh goodness requiring that they be funded only with only yeah only with taxes on property owned by blacks. The Charlie Brown School was integrated in 1966 and closed in 2005. It closed in 2005 because they were building a new school. I mean, it wasn't like closed like, we hate you. It was just, it needed to be, you know. Oh. They needed a new school. As far as I read, anyway. Like a new Charlie Brown school? No, I don't think there was a, I don't think they made another Charlie Brown school. I think it was just another school. Read. <laughs> right. He was a fair and shrewd businessman who could be seen riding around in his riding around town in his horse and buggy. Buggy. He was known for hiring anyone of any race. Uh, there was a quote about him that said, "If a man wanted a job, he gave him a job." An attitude which earned him respect through all races of the community. It also may have caused him trouble, though, as um, an unverified family story states that he was kidnapped, beaten, and tortured by the KKK several times. Oh. And because of his illiteracy, he may have inadvertently signed over mineral rights to his property. So they, you know, tortured him and beat him until he signed something, you know, signed papers. But because he couldn't read, he couldn't tell what he was signing, so mm -hmm. he, you know... Um, but that didn't stop his rise, though, because after the Dance Brothers died, uh, Charlie Brown purchased a lot of the Brothers' plantation. I don't know exactly how much, but the the land that he purchased also included their two-story house there that was on the plantation, which made his wife, Isabel, the mistress of a house she once served in. Oh. Which... Kind of seems like that would be cool, but it also seems like if she was treated poorly, yeah, then you know that's like going back to the house of your abusers. But I mean, you know, if she was happy to live there, then I guess that's a good thing. Uh, Charlie Brown had the house moved from East Columbia to a site in West Columbia, a distance about three miles. The whole endeavor took months as they jacked up the house, placed logs underneath, and slowly rolled it to its new home. Can you imagine that? Seeing like a house rolling on logs throughout <laughs> through the neighborhood. Hey, Just like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Charlie Brown died in 1920, a millionaire. A millionaire. The largest land landowner in Brazoria County at the time. The richest black man in the county. In 1955, West Columbia named a street after him. Named the Brown Street. They also named August 30th, 2014 as Charlie Brown Day. I wonder, is it just that one day? Like, is or is it August, August 14th, like, from here on out? Wait, August what? 
August 30th. Is it 30th. like August 30th? Is that Charlie Brown Day every August 30th or just for the 2014? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, February 2015, the legislature honored his life and legacy. And they put up a historical marker that dedicated, well, dedicated to him and placed it on the street with his name. So mm -hmm. in West Columbia, there's a historical, yeah, a historical marker with, you know, a summary of his accomplishments. His four times great granddaughter Stephanie Brown says, "I still don't know how he was able to do it during this, during this period." Though my dad used to say, "Someone must have told people to leave him alone." <laughs> And by that, I took it to mean, like, divine intervention, sort of. Did they make the, like, cartoon and everything, like, just just a boy named Charlie Brown, or was it, like... I know, yeah, Charlie Brown has nothing to do with him. Okay, because like, like, he's a little nor, white boy. Yeah, the song nor that have anything to do with him. This is also some important information about um, his great-granddaughter. Great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter. From a Forbes article, Stephanie has always been an advocate. As a black LGBTQ woman, she has fought for equality her entire life. Most recently, she attended numerous Black Lives Matter protests in Richmond and even spoke to the crowd, to, yeah, to the crowds of people in attendance about her experiences. And, conti and continuing her activism through Virginia Pride as chapter leader for Minority Veterans of America. She hopes to plan a Juneteenth parade for 2021 while continuing to spread the story about Charlie and working to make Juneteenth a recognized federal holiday. Which it should be. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Okay, and this is a quote from her. Quote from Stephanie Brown. We celebrate the liberation of our country from the British on July 4th. But black Americans weren't free. We were enslaved with no rights, she said. But when Juneteenth came and those orders were read in Texas, that was our liberation and Independence Day, and it should be celebrated. Okay, so that is all I have for Charlie Brown. There is not a lot of history for him, like books haven't been written about him like they should be. There isn't a lot of information, even in the Brazoria County Museum like historical museum, I couldn't find, you know, they have where you can do a search for topics. I couldn't find any information that had him in it. Rude. Which is, I find odd because it's the historical, you know, it's, it's an archive of history for yeah. this area. So how can it not have, I mean, if I went there, if we went there physically, we probably could find something, but there was nothing to access online. Yeah, I only found three articles, and they were all basically about... Um, one of them was about Stephanie Brown. There was information about Charlie Brown through Stephanie Brown. Yeah. So it was like an article about both of them. And um, another article was about... It was actually um, Madeline Jones, Pookie, who we interviewed about the theater ghosts. Mm -hmm. Her sister wrote a um, <laughs> wrote an article. I can't remember... For the facts. I can't remember when it was. I think it was like in 2015, something like that. And then there was the Houston Chronicle article. So there was only three articles, and they were all about the legislature thing happening, about the legislature recognizing 
So I mean, there's really not a lot of information. Most of the information that is being held on to is by the uh, the family, which would be really interesting to talk to them to find out more. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to gather up that information and write a book about this man, so he's not forgotten. Mm. So that's the story about Charlie Brown of Brazoria County, the first black millionaire and the uh, first. Um, black man to earn to not earn to own a the the most land which sounds like oh good for him he he got a lot of money but that's not what what that's about it's mm-hmm. the accomplishment of having absolutely nothing and not letting basically the whole world trying to keep him down not letting that keep him down Cool. So what do we think of Mr. Charlie Brown? We like him. Good good guy. <laughs> we like him. Good guy. <laughs> You're a great man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say something before, but I forgot to actually say it. But I was out feeding the dog and the cat outside. Mm-hmm. And I uh, like heard the thing heard something and at first it just sounded like you know how the branches kind of scrape on the metal part it kind of sounded like that but kind of off in the distance but then it like did, it started not sounding like that <gasps> so at first I was just like do 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 and I was like weird noise and then it was kind of like I don't really remember it very well but it was kind of like kind of alieny mm, yeah like stereotypical alien noise in <laughs> movies but at first I was like, is that music somebody's playing? Yeah, that branch sounds really wrong sometimes. Well, but back. it was like off in the distance. Alright, are we done with this? Yeah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We are new at this, so we're apologize. Meh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We are new at this, so things are still a little choppy and we are still learning. But thank you for joining us for the ride. If you enjoy listening to us be silly and chat about silly things, then please subscribe and follow and leave us a comment. But again, we are new, so please be kind. Thank you.